So the third Kavanaugh accuser has dropped, not too shocking, and her name is Julie Swetnick, and she has put down a sworn statement. Uh, she has, uh, I guess, had active clearances with Public Trust, U.S. Department of Treasury, U.S. Mint, and the Internal Revenue Service. So we'll go through some of her qualifications while well, she goes through, and then she says, I first met Mark uh, Judge and Brett Kavanaugh in approximately 1980 to 1981. I was introduced to them at a house party that I attended in the Washington, D.C. era, and she observed Judge and Kavanaugh, extremely close friends during the early 1980s, joined at the hip. There's no question in my mind, she says, that Mark Judge has significant information concerning the conduct of Brett Kavanaugh, so I guess that's an invitation for him to testify. And what's fascinating here, following that first introduction, she says, I attended well over 10 house parties in the Washington, D.C. area during the years 1981 to 1983, where Mark Judge and Brett Kavanaugh were present. Hmm. So I guess the first question I would have is, well, when did you graduate high school? Turns out she graduated high school in 1980. So years after she graduated high school, she's going to house parties with underaged guys who may have been drinking underage. Uh... Hmm, I don't know. It seems odd. Did you ever go back to a high school party years and years after you graduated? Well, I guess it's possible, but it would be a question to be asked. Well over 10 house parties, so I'm going to guess, what, 13, 14, 15? If it was 18, she'd say close to 20. So, you know, somewhere around sort of 14 or 15. 10 over house parties, uh, 10 uh, over 10 house parties. These parties, she say, says, were a common occurrence in the area and occurred nearly every weekend during the school year. That's very interesting. So she went to 10 to 15 of these parties, and they occurred nearly every weekend during the school year. So that's about 40 parties a year over three years, let's say. So that's 120 parties that have occurred. Give or take, right? Just, you know, spitballing here. So she says uh, she saw Mike Judge, Mark Judge sorry, and Brett Kavanaugh drink excessively and engage in highly inappropriate conduct, overly aggressive with girls and not taking no for an answer, fondling and grabbing of girls without their consent. So, yeah, there's some grinding and all this kind of stuff. And then she's heard that she's been told by other women this conduct also occurred during the summer months in Ocean City, Maryland, on numerous occasions. I also witnessed such conduct on one occasion in Ocean City, Maryland during Beach Week. I guess this is because Kavanaugh produced his um, his calendar. So, yeah, excessive drinking, inappropriate contact during the early 1980s. Now, here's where things get pretty dark. So she says, during the years 1981 to 1982, I became aware of efforts by Mark Judge, Brett Kavanaugh, and others to spike the punch at house parties I attended with drugs and or grain alcohol so as to cause girls to lose their inhibitions and their ability to say no. I don't know why the words spike and punch are in quotes here. I'm not sure I understand that. I'm pretty sure that I don't. It's like saying somebody was murdered in quotes. It's like, well, what does that mean? Were they killed or not? I don't know. So then she says, this caused me to make an effort to purposefully avoid the quote punch at these parties. I witnessed efforts by Mark Judge, Brett Kavanaugh, and others to, quote, target particular girls so they could be taken advantage of. It was usually a girl that was especially vulnerable because she was alone at the party or shy. Now, 
it gets darker. Not only does she say that they're spiking uh, punch, but here she says, I also witnessed efforts by mock judge Brett Kavanaugh and others to cause girls to become inebriated and disoriented so they could then be gang-raped in a side room or bedroom by a, quote, train of numerous boys. So train and gang-raped are both in quotes. And again, I don't understand that. If she's saying that they were gang-raping girls, why is gang-raped in quotes? It seems like an odd thing. She says, I have a firm recollection of seeing boys lined up outside rooms at many of these parties waiting for their, quote, turn with a girl inside the room. These boys included Mark Judge and Brett Kavanaugh. So, odd enough. So she's talking about girls, right? To cause girls to become inebriated. So, so this is girls. Now, we don't know if this is multiple girls at a single party, but it could be, right? I mean, if, if the punch is being drunk by a bunch of girls, so, I don't know, it's just hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom that this could be true. So you've got 40 parties a year. Let's say that three girls are in this gang rape allegation, right? So we're talking 120 gang rape parties over a couple of years. If you've got three girls at a party, we're talking 360 gang, like rapes over a three-year period. Different girls, same girls. I don't know. I've got to think that if you get gang raped at a party, you don't go back. So these got to be new girls. So hundreds of girls being gang raped in a pretty small area over years. I mean, it's not like this is Pakistani grooming gangs in England. This seems like something that would be talked about. How on earth could this be missed? You got 40 parties a year, could be up to three girls or maybe less, maybe more, being gang raped. That's 360 rapes over a three-year period. Or 360, well, more, I guess, because that's three girls, let's say, I mean, I don't even know, right? I don't even know what to say. What, what, could, what could this mean? <laughs> what could this mean? Let's say it's two guys to a girl, we're talking 720 rapists. Or I guess they would go to the same parties again. Hundreds of rapists, hundreds of victims. Over a hundred of these parties in a couple of years. Not one person went to the police. Not one person reported anything. Not one woman went to the doctor. Not one woman confided in a guidance counselor or her parents or a priest or anything like that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this actually occurring? This actually being true? I don't. I don't, and and she kept going back to these parties. She saw this occurring, and she kept going back. She didn't intervene when she claims that girls were being raped at these parties. She didn't go to the police. She didn't take some of the punch home to get it analyzed. She didn't do any of this. She didn't do any of this at all. And this guy, Brett Kavanaugh, has been vetted so many times, it's ridiculous. And all of this participation in this, quote, gang raping has just bypassed absolutely everyone until right before he's going to be nominated to the Supreme Court. Come on. Come on. Then she says, in approximately 1982, I became the victim of one of these gang or train rapes where Mark Judge and Brett Kavanaugh were present. Shortly after the incident, I shared what had ha transpired with at least two other people. 
During the incident, I was incapacitated without my consent and unable to fight off the boys raping me. I believe I was drugged using quaaludes or something similar placed in what I was drinking. How would you know exactly what was placed inside? Well, the quaaludes, I think, is designed to echo, or maybe it's just coincidence, uh, that Bill Cosby just got sentenced to, to jail time and so on, right? Now, this is confusing. So she says she was drugged with quaaludes or something else. She was incapacitated, obviously without her consent. She says, unable to fight off the boys raping me. Then, how do you know who was present at the party? Right? So it's kind of confusing here. So she says, I became the victim of one of these gang or train rapes where Mark, Judge, and Brett Kavanaugh were present. Were present? What does that mean? Present at the party? Present in the backyard? Present in the room? Present in the alleged rape? I mean, what are we talking about here? That's not clear at all. And the fact that it's not clear is kind of suspicious in my mind. So how do you know? If they weren't present in the room, then how do you know they were still at the party? Astonishing. Now, she went to these parties. She knew of these rapes, according to what she says. Now, if she didn't report them, if she didn't intervene, doesn't she become like an accessory after the fact? Isn't she kind of complicit? And, and did the women consent? Who knows? She didn't, right? She says, I get, I understand that, right? Did the women consent? Well, if she wasn't in the room, how does she know what occurred within the room, even if we take everything else at face value? It's absolutely wild stuff. Now, she knows, according to what she says, she knows that there's uh, drinks being spiked at these parties. And so if you even want to go to these parties and why you'd want to go to these parties where women are getting drugged and, and gang raped and so I have no idea why you wouldn't call the police, why you wouldn't, I mean, come on. But you know when you go to these parties that, according to what you say, people are spiking drinks. So then you wouldn't go and drink from an unknown container. You wouldn't know, go and drink from the punch bowl. So how on earth would you get drugged? You'd go there with your own drinks. You'd keep them close. You'd drink just from your own, right? You'd only have a beer that wasn't open, whatever, right? That's wild. It's absolutely wild. And I don't know really what to say, but I do know I'm going to want to say it in full screen. So... Basically, the story is that the allegation, the, the, the signed document, is that Kavanaugh is a serial gang rapist, but he somehow skated past six FBI background checks. He's not been accused of anything ever publicly in this way, and there are dozens and dozens of women who think that he's the greatest guy since sliced bread. And this is all supposed to hang together. This woman who signed this document or dictated this document or however the hell it works, she says, according to her own calculations, there were more than 100 of these gang rape parties or parties where the gang rapes could have occurred. There were multiple girls being gang raped and no parents found out, no teachers, no preachers, no priests, no guidance counselors, no psychologists, no doctors ever examined these women for bruises or torn uh, vaginal walls or, or anything like that. There were never any pregnancies that, that came out of this. Uh, who, who knows, right? I mean, how could this be true? How could this be true? 
And if it's not true, if it is misremembered or if it's outright falsified, well, this of course serves the political agenda of the Democrats, right? So the first accusation didn't really do the job and her reluctance uh, to testify, right? Ford's reluctance to, to testify makes things a little bit suspicious. The second one by Ronan Farrow and someone else was so poorly sourced and, and was denied by everyone involved except the accuser that that one kind of backfired. And now there's this one, which is, you know, this is constant escalation. You know, now he's a gang rapist for years. And I mean, it's wild. Now, of course, the whole point of this is to delay, to delay, 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 so that Kavanaugh doesn't end up on the Supreme Court and possibly tip the balance of the Supreme Court to the point where they fear or they feel that Roe v. Wade may be questioned. I don't consider that highly likely, but hey, what do I know? The goal, of course, is to delay it past the midterms in the hopes that the Dems can pick up a couple of seats and thus block um, or at least delay or whatever it is, whoever might be next if Kavanaugh doesn't make it. Uh, and I guess we'll find out tomorrow or the day after. If Kavanaugh doesn't make it, then there'll be the next guy who's moved up. Now, can you imagine being the next guy on this list? Oh, it's your turn now to go and be uh, nominated to the Supreme Court. Do you, do you feel like doing it or do you like your life as it stands? I mean, they've shown this is what they are willing to do. And if they do it, right, if they are able to delay this, if they're able to pick up a couple of seats, if they're able to flip the Senate or something like that, then, well, things get absolutely wild from here. Uh, wilder and wilder in ways that are really, really hard for us to fathom at the moment because there is a an extraordinary price to be paid for these kinds of allegations. And this trial by media, this guilty until proven innocent, this escalation say, well, there's a pattern of behavior here. It's like, there is a pattern of behavior here, which is that when Democrats like Keith Ellison beat up, uh, or accused of beating up women, they've uh, got ex-girlfriends, right? You've got uh, medical records, you've got 911, a 911 call, you've got photos of Keith Ellison together with this woman or one of these women at least. Well, that's ignored, that's brushed under the rug, right? But if you are on the right, then they will fire up the smear cannon with the most unholy bag of bones and just shoot it straight at your groin. And that's the game that they play. And that's how desperate they are to hang on to power, to gain power, to maintain particularly sexual irresponsibility when it comes to Roe v. Wade. And so the consequences of this is that it's not a game to a lot of the people. I think to the Democrats, it's kind of like a black, ugly kind of game. But to a lot of people, you have to convince them that if well, I guess at the moment, since Kavanaugh's nomination is not being withdrawn, that the President of the United States is willing to support a serial rapist getting onto the Supreme Court. Now, if you genuinely believe that, if you genuinely believe that, what what is your respect for the rule of law? What is your respect for the existing structures of power? And would you not consider yourself duty-bound to do civil disobedience, to disobey the laws, to perhaps even escalate to use violence to whatever. There is a huge price to be paid for these kinds of allegations, my friends. I view this particular document because of its wild escalation to be basically a secession document for the left of the Democrats to say, this government, the, the, the administration of Trump and the Supreme Court are now illegitimate. Because, you know, again, if you believe this, then Trump is 
nominating and trying to get through a serial rapist to put on the Supreme Court. Now, if you believe that, what happens, particularly to the more unstable people in the left? What? How do they view their government? How do they view their society? How do they view the rule of law? How do they view the Supreme Court? Well, it's going to be completely illegitimate. So then what? Then what? Well, then you get civil disobedience. Then you get riots. Then you get violence. Then you get terrorism. This is what happens. If the cost of this narrative, this is why I call it a secession document. The cost of this narrative is to splinter the country into, to the country who looks at this and says, doesn't seem credible. The timing is extraordinarily suspicious. If you are a woman who's been raped or you view it as attempted rape or, or sexual assault or something like that, and the first people you go to are politicians and Democrat operatives, decades, 30 plus years after the fact, rather than going to the police at the time or near the time. It's hard to, it's hard to believe. It's just hard to believe. And this statement, I mean, this is how the left behaves when they're not in power. This is how they behave when they're not in power. Can you imagine how it would be if they currently held, well, Hillary Clinton held the presidency, and if they had got control over the, the House and the Senate, can you imagine how they would be behaving? It would be absolutely astonishing. So what happens? What happens from here? Well, the country is split in two. America is split in two into those who view this as dirty political tricks and a smear campaign. You know, you're supposed to be judged by an impartial jury, right? If there's any conflict of interest to the jury, then you are usually ditched from the jury and not allowed to, to serve as a jury member. I mean, the people who are reviewing all of this are all partisan hacks. So there's no possibility of judgment by any neutral party. The media is overwhelmingly leftist. There's no possibility of any neutral judgment there. Academia is overwhelmingly leftist. No possibility. Hollywood, right? You understand, no possibility in just about any public sphere outside of the internet for Kavanaugh to get any kind of hearing. So if this works, if this works and Kavanaugh's nomination is withdrawn or if it's delayed to the point where, right, it can be stalled if the Dems get some more seats, then this is just what they'll do forever. I mean, worked with Roy Moore, and so they'll just do this forever. That, uh, and that means that anybody, especially if, if there's this, this witch hunt that turns completely partisan and destroys people's lives, then people are just going to say, well, why would it go into politics? I mean, I'm not going to be defended by the Republicans in any staunch or foundational matter, manner. The mainstream media is going to go for me. My children are going to get death threats. My life is going to be destroyed. And I'm not even going to get nominated or elected to the post that I'm looking at. Just keeps halfway decent people out of politics. And of course, that's, that's sort of the point, the goal as well, right? To serve as a warning for other people, that it doesn't matter how spotless your record is, it doesn't matter how many women love you, it doesn't matter whether you coach your kid's basketball team, it doesn't matter whether you're happily married, it doesn't matter whether you have a an unblemished record going back decades, we can find or make people who are willing to sign these documents. And, you know, let, let's say, I mean, we know with Roy Moore, right, all of these allegations just kind of vanished after that particular political fracas was gone. It all just vanished and, and went away and, and dissolved and disappeared. And the same thing will happen here. 
he could, I suppose, try and get some sort of, if you're a public figure, it's really, really tough in terms of defamation uh, in, in the US. If you're a private figure, as Joy Reid is finding out at the moment, it's a little easier. But if you're a public figure, it's really, really tough. Is he going to pursue? Is he going to find out? I don't know. Most people just want to move on. So will there be negative repercussions to these women? Seems unlikely. And they'll be fated as, as heroes and, and heroic members of the resistance and ultimate warrior babe partisan fighters for truth and freedom and women's control over their own bodies. I mean, they will do enormously well out of uh, all of this. And of course, you know, there will be blowback and they will get threats and so on, which is uh, unfortunate. And I read something the other day. It's kind of interesting. It said, well, if we don't believe the accuser, then we're calling the accuser a liar. And that's very interesting. It's a very sort of interesting philosophical question. I don't think it's true, but it sort of seems true at, uh, on the surface, but I don't think it's true deep down in terms of courts and law and so on. If nobody believes the accuser, then it never advances to any particular legal situation, right? So if you accuse person X of some nefarious action, and it turns out person X was on the space station at the time, well, then they have a perfect alibi, if it was some physical thing, right? They have a perfect alibi, and therefore, who knows if the person's lying? Memory is a very tricky thing. It's a very fleeting thing. Uh, memory is half narrative and half potential fact and so on, right? So whether or not the accuser is lying or not is to try and figure out a mind-reading perspective, right? Like they know that they're lying, they've decided to lie and so on. People's memories are suggestible. People look like each other, right? There's, there's, I've seen pictures of guys who look like Kavanaugh in high school. And when there's that much pressure, that much at stake, keep this guy off the Supreme Court, lots of publicity, attention, and potential rewards on the other side. It's tough, you know, there's incentive, there's memory, there's, you know, I mean, eyewitness testimony is notoriously unreliable. So is it real? You know, maybe, um, maybe some of this stuff happened. I don't think so, but maybe. I can't imagine it happening to the degree with which it is claimed. The numbers are just absolutely staggering. Hundreds and hundreds of women gang raped at these parts. I mean, come on. I mean, that's not, not how it, not how reality works, right? Because they say, I mean, there's studies and arguments that say, you know, a third or 40% of sexual assaults are not reported. Okay, well, let's take 50%. Like 50% of these sexual assaults are not reported. Okay. But if you've got hundreds of girls being sexually assaulted at these rape parties and only 50% of them decide to report it, you still have half of hundreds reporting this. And the idea that 0% of hundreds of these girls would ever report anything or would ever talk to anyone who might report it, right? Because if the girl comes home crying, she's been gang raped, she talks to her mom and her dad, they call the police, they even against the girl's wishes, they just get it started, right? So the idea that not only these hundreds of girls did not report anything, but also that they never talked to anyone who might report these things is just astounding. Then you have a 0% report rate with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people potentially knowing about all of this stuff. And also, there were no guys, not just the girls, right? There were no guys at the party who had any problem with any of these gang rapes occurring, right? I mean, I can't imagine. 
I mean, can you imagine being at a party where something like this may even be potentially occurring? I mean, you'd rip the door off the hinges, you'd put a stop to it, you'd call the cops, you'd have people, like, not one single guy out of a hundred plus parties, and who knows how long these parties have been going on for, and did these parties, in terms of the participants, did they all just magically stop when they went away to college? Wouldn't they continue if they knew they could get away with it and nobody would report? Like, come on. Come on. Come on, people. This is not even that tough a basic intelligence test. It's really not. And those who believe it have separated themselves from the body politic of the United States and set themselves against the current administration. Now, in my opinion, is this going to result in more Democrats being elected to power or are some of the moderate Democrats horrified at what they perceive of as these political black ops games and are recoiling from the infiltration of hard, crazy psycho leftists into the Democrat Party? Are they going to shift perhaps and view the fading remnants of the Republican Party as the only tattered tapestry between them and a truly collectivist leftist horror as has been seen many times throughout history. I truly believe at this moment, over the next day or two, I haven't felt this way for years, but I feel very much that we stand collectively on a precipice. Not just America, but will these tactics work? Will presidential powers be thwarted by people who lost the election? Will the country be split among those who accept these stories and those who are skeptical of them? The Republic really does hang in the balance at the moment, and it matters enormously what you do today and what you do tomorrow. You've got to put things on the line. You've got to tell people the truth. You've got to wake people up to these questions that are absolutely essential to ask. It's not a matter of whether, well, we disbelieve the woman, therefore we're calling her a liar. Like, no, no, I, there must be enough for it to even get to court. This would not get to court, in my humble opinion. This is all hearsay from decades ago. Statute of limitations has gone by. People's memories have faded. And I mean, come on. And, and there's so much at stake here, so much, so much politics at stake that one would assume that this is exactly why this is coming up. I mean, this guy's been a judge for a long time, Kavanaugh. Why haven't these women come forward? Why is it now right at the end? Right before he's, come on, oh, come on, please, please. So you've got to start challenging people who believe this kind of stuff. You've got to start having them ask the questions. You've got to bring them back to the light of reason and evidence and skepticism. And also, <laughs> this is important too, the next time you see the left attack someone's character, remember, they play to win. It's a deadly game and one the West really cannot lose.